Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Father, I ask you for the ability to speak to your children, your words, your thoughts, not mine. I ask you that it reduces mourning me so that there will be less of me and more of you, Father. I ask you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing to bring your word in a way that feeds your sheep. Amen. So what are we busy with? Let me tell you guys quickly what we're doing, what Jesus did. Oh, visitors. I'm so sorry, Colleen. Any visitors here for the very first time? Please, can you raise your hand? I don't want to make a scene of you. I just want to tell you what we're about. There we go. Please keep them raised. Don't drop them. You are precious to us. And let the fact that I forgot about it um, negate that. I'm so sorry. No coffee for me. I don't deserve it. Aish, aish, aish. Right. Now, afterwards, we'd love to meet with you and explain to you what we're about. So as you go out, you'll see there's a visitor's lounge to your right as you go out of the foyer of the church. But we're busy with what Jesus did. Am I right? And the scripture is Romans 13 verse 14. Put Jesus Christ on and make no provision for the sin and its desires. I'm paraphrasing. Listen how it says it in the message. Get out of bed and get dressed. Exclamation. Don't loiter and linger. Wait, waiting until the very last minute. Anybody with a teenage child knows that you can wait till the very last second. Anybody with me? Okay, I'm alone. Waiting for a teenager. To, this is scriptures written for them. Don't waiting until the very last minute. Do not do that. Dress yourself in Christ. Be up and about. That's how the message says it. Eugene Patterson's paraphrasing of the Bible. Nice version to read if you uh, go through the, the Old Testament. It reads like a Lord of the Rings fourth quill. Another one of them. It's amazing. And we've gone through some excellent teachings. We've done forgiveness. We've done what Jesus did was love. What Jesus did, baptize. We did the Word. He quoted the Word last week. What a great, great um, teaching we had last week. Eh? And today I'd like to link another verse to this one. For my message, if, if you will allow me. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, If you used to read it in the NIV, if you were in NCMI church, it was, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you remember that? Maybe it's just me. But the verse in the ESV, the translation that we prefer to read and study, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ, but he never walked with Christ. Jesus was so contrary to culture that he, people knew what he stood for, that they didn't even know him. How crazy is that? 
Now, I'm sure Paul would have known because he wanted to persecute the church. He did his research. But he's coming, he's saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Are we imitating what? Who? That word is that the, the word that we get the, 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 the word nowadays mime or mimic from. Like animals that mimic, they make the noise of something. If you've ever had a, what's it, a parrot or something. Remember the minds have one that keeps saying hello just like the husband. You're never quite sure who's talking to you. But that, that miming, being like, acting like, sounding like. And this is in stark contrast to 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, where it says the enemy disguises himself like an angel of light. And this disguises this word. The one means to, to act like, be like, um, mimic, talk. The other word is to try and be. And I think today we, we fall into the category where we sometimes try and be something that we are not. Jesus Christ walked in the perfect will of the Father. He, he lived to give glory to his dad, to the Father. He walked in the Spirit, in the design for his life, right to the very end when he died. He knew exactly what he was called for. He knew exactly how to walk in it, and he did. And now we imitate Christ and we think, oh, Maybe if I act like that pastor or shout as loud as that one or scream like Johan does, then maybe I can walk in the fullness like Christ did of who he was. But the point is not to try and do what he does. The point is to try and be what he is. Submissive, submitted to the Father. God wants you, I don't know if you realize this, but God wants you to be who he has designed you to be. You know that his plan for your life is the best, the perfect, the, the most happy space you can be in. It's not Cadbury. That is not your happy space. Shopping, it's not your happy space. Cars, it's not your happy space. Horses. Not your, the best and the most pleasing and satisfying place for you is to be in the perfect will of God for your life. There's no other space. Yet we live what we believe. I, I have my own plans. That's what I'm going to do. And we live with this self-puffed up prideful nature that gives us the glory. Or we fall into the other category. Am I, am I moving too much? We're on the other side of the thing where we fall into the category of pleasing people. And we live for the glory of man and the approval of man. Can't wait for Monday when those messages come through to my mailbox. It says, what a message. And I'm like that, sweat and tears. It was all worth it. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. I never get them. Some of the other preachers get them. <clears throat> if I built my life on that, I would be shattered every Monday. But the best space for me is to be the person with the gifts and the talents that God has given me, walking in the plans that he has designed for me in his ever creative, unique design for each and every one of us. I spoke to the new people joining the church or, or, or looking into the church, and I said to them, I, I want to coin this phrase that we celebrate diversity in the face of adversity. Because being different and working together for one vision is not easy. I'm sitting here and each and every one of you have a, you have a different thought on how we should do outreaches. But somehow we have to do it together because God has called us together. He didn't call us individually. He, he gave this church a vision that says, know Jesus, be known by him, make him known. That's what we want to focus on for the next couple of months is making him known. We all have to put aside our different thoughts, but take our different giftings and plow it towards the single vision that God is giving us. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Looking for some amens there, but nothing. Okay, moving on. Yeah. I think some of us are sitting here and we're saying, well, I don't have much that anyone can imitate because I fall short on so many levels of imitating Christ. And for that, I think all of us as elders can say, we too, we in that category. We fall horribly short. Horribly, horribly, horribly short. But let me tell you, I have seen in each and every one here not just the elders, not just the deacons, not just the home group leaders. Every person here, something of Christ. I've seen a friendly smile. I've seen a careful uh, worded message when, when somebody's been down. I've seen a meal prepared with love despite your budget being so tight. Delivered. I've seen hospital messages and, and people visit. I have seen donations. I have seen peace of Christ in every one of you. And I want to tell you that is worth imitating by others. Do not be shy about it. Now this morning's message, I'm going to do a couple of practical things that Jesus did. So my message is, what did Jesus do? He walked a life that was worth imitating. I looked through the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Mark, to come up with certain things that I'm going to highlight. Not the things we've preached about. We know the Word. We know baptism. We know forgiveness, love, love, love. I'm going to try and touch on some other practical points this morning, if that's okay with you. Now, you're going to, you're going to want to switch off and say, I've heard this before. Johanna's going to say, I need to invite people. Yes, I am. You have to invite people. But don't switch off. Molly's had a, had a grandma, Piba. She would always tell us, Hepzibah, I am the Lord's delight. In whom is my delight? Vivacious woman with a big personality and always a different hair color. At our wedding day, she had a style designed for the wedding day to look quite like, you know, Elizabeth Taylor. We get to her. She has decided she wants short, spiky hair for our wedding day. She cut it herself over a basin and styled it with Vaseline because there was no hair gel. That was Piba. 
She was forceful. She was a force of nature, but she prayed for her kids, her grandkids, and she always referred us to Jesus. We're we walking in what she plowed for us. That's for true. But Piwa was always on a diet. She wasn't massive. She wasn't small. And she could like, you know, she put away something nice quite quickly. <clears throat> like your life was in threat if you came between her. You get into the room, she always, I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. Omar, you're on a diet. You get into the room, she's having a lunch bar and a glass of Coke. Omar, are you, people, are you having, are you on a diet? Yes, my son. But how are you having the Coke? I'm shocking the system, my boy. I'm shocking the system. She believed that every now and again you had to jolt it with sugar just so that the weight loss could work. Now, I know the dietitians and the, 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 the diet experts and weight loss experts will not agree because, I mean, it will never work. People shock that system day and night. <clears throat> but this morning, may the points that I bring be a shock to your system. May it be something that just makes you think of this and others. As we look at what Jesus did. So there's a couple of points, and I'm going to rush through them. So please take out your notebooks, or at least close off Facebook and open that app that you can type things on. But the first one, the practical things in gospel, as I, the gospel of John as I go through is, Jesus called people. It was his life. He called people. He goes towards the, the fisherman. He says, follow me. Simple phrase. Walks past this person. He says, follow me. They start following him. When last did you invite someone to follow you into a different life and a different standard for their life? Do you still believe that the standard that you live and the freedom that you have in Christ, pursuing what he has called you to do, the breakthrough, the highest standard, the highest call for your life, do you still believe in it enough to say to others, follow me? Or in the face of social moral, moral standards decaying, have you become a little bit quiet on that? And are you rather wanting to follow others than them follow you? The next thing Jesus did, he fed the poor and the oppressed. When last did you give to Malakanya? This is just an open, upfront question. Maybe a rebuke for some, maybe a challenge for others. When have you had the time on a Tuesday to come and see these people rejoice when they get a cup of flour, a cup of mealy meal, a tin of beans, a bush of spinach that we grow just there? When last did you give to the poor? When last did you come to us and say, the poor in my community, can we do something? When last did you notice the poor? He couldn't help himself. He always did. He noticed them. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Jesus was kind and compassionate, even when people didn't deserve it. It's easy to be kind and compassionate to those people that really deserve it. It's not so easy to do it when they do. He is confronted with a woman that was caught in adultery. Him being the standard of morality and no sin has all the, the right to condemn, judge, and according to the Lord, take her life from her. No one else there had the right to accuse her. But Jesus did. And she was wrong. It wasn't mistaken identity. 
Nobody stole her fingerprints or took her face. It was her. She was caught. And what does Jesus do? He extends kindness and compassion. And he says, no one deserves to be treated like this. Let me restore you to the place where you know you are worth something and you are valued. Can we take this one step closer to our lives and say, when last did you show kindness and compassion to your family? to your spouse, to your children, to your parents, to your siblings, to someone in this body. Jesus debated with the Pharisees. He did. He didn't shy away from it. When he was questioned... He stepped up to the plate, and he, they said this, and he said that. And they said, why? And he says, why do you ask? He revealed their motives, and he dealt with it. Download last week's message if you didn't hear it. Make it a point of memory. That you can stand when people say to you, this Bible that you believe in is a whole lot of hogwash. He can say, no, historically it's sound. Scientifically it's sound. I can't remember the other early. Eh? Culturally it's sound. The word of God is true. It has been vindicated. It has been, it is true. When we create a thing, like come and learn about Islam and the religion and what it stands for, are you attending? This year theology is going to go on apologetics. How do, you, how do you, you talk about the word and the faith? How do, you, how do you almost defend it if you are attacked? Are we, are we going to see you there? Or are you just going to avoid it because you're just going to avoid those people that challenge you on your faith? I'm rather just going to keep quiet. They can say whatever. I'm not going to be drawn into idle talk. Jesus stepped up to the plate. And he said, it is written. Jesus shepherded well. His influence was known by the community, for his people. The people he led knew they were led, and they followed. <laughs> he wasn't given the title home group leader, pastor of the week, deacon, elder. He cared for people because they were there. You know the quickest way to get somebody to accept Jesus Christ is to care for them. To show them kindness and compassion when they don't deserve it. To remember their names. He corrected his disciples. He encouraged his disciples. He offended them with the truth. But they called him rabbi, leader, teacher. Jesus cried. Jesus raised his voice. Jesus wept. Jesus was passionate about life, about church, about us. Are you still passionate about us, the collective that's here?
Are you partnering with your gifts and your talents? Are you, are you partnering with your finances, with your time? Are you giving into this body where God has called you? Because I'm telling you, it is worthwhile. We have a team of wise men and women that govern this church, that make godly decisions. It is safe. In the gospel of Mark, I also went through, one of the things Jesus did is he drove out demons. Not something we talk about nowadays, is it? I don't think we always like the manifestation. The, the, like you, when you watch a movie, it comes with spit and with vomit and with people writhing. And then they, they just before they overcome, oh, then it's gone. Are you recognizing the work of the enemy? And are you actively standing against it? Not all of us have to take our holy water and sprinkle and, and, and. But sometimes recognizing the work of the enemy is just somebody making a stupid carnal decision. And I don't often use the word stupid. It's a decision that you just stand because you call yourself a Christian. What are you doing? And you just quietly sit back because you're not going to challenge. Are you actively saying, can I help you make better decisions? This is not just when you're a leader in the church. This is what, you, what Jesus, Jesus just did it. Jesus sent out 12 disciples. Are you discipled? Are you making yourself available to be discipled? Are you, on a Tuesday evening when we pray together, which is a great time, afterwards we have teaching, are you, are you rather skipping when you can actually stay? Time of discipling. The 25th of February, we've got Steve Wimble coming, one of the apostolic voices that speak into the life of this church. Make it a priority. I guarantee you, I know, Steve, it's going to be a good time of importation. Make it a priority. On a Sunday morning, do you still come and see this as a point where you get discipled? Are you discipling someone? Jesus fed thousands. Is your home open? You know, all the feasts in the Jewish calendar was always known by eating together. There, there was, a feast meant food. I think it's like a Greek thing also. And an Afrikaans thing. And a Portuguese thing. And, uh, feasting should go with having food. When was the last time you celebrated being alive in Christ and just invited friends for a meal? No ulterior motive. Now I'm going to invite this person and this person because now I'm going to give them the gospel. Before the evening is out, that, bar, that, that pool is full. They're baptized. And if they just want to leave quickly, I keep them under. They go straight to heaven. Just have a meal with someone. Just have a coffee. I know finances are tight. When was the last time you, you gave somebody a biscuit or a chocolate or something? Ah, but I, he fed them. It was a priority for him. 
Next couple of ones are, no, it's, it's all right. Entry into Jerusalem. You know, Jesus comes riding on a donkey. <laughs> when was the last time you announced yourself to those people around you saying, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. No turning back, praise the Lord, no turning back. I have decided. <laughs> yes, we sang that thing at the high school camp. It was ridiculous. When was the last time you just let that slip? When was the last time you stood with pride and said, I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I love Jesus? He made his entry known. This is me. And now for some of us, we know the people that we live with, and we realize that I can't shove it in their faces. It's not going to work. But are you making him known when the time comes and saying, I do believe in Jesus. Would you mind if I pray for you in a time of crisis? Are you wise like he was? Jesus paid taxes. All the SMEs are killing me now. You're living out of your business. Putting your, your expenses through the, where they shouldn't go. He, he said, what image is on the coin? Give to Caesar what is due to Caesar. Ravi Zacharias says, the next question was left unasked, but completely intimated. What image is on you? Who do you belong to? Caught a fish. Opened the mouth. A coin was there. My taxes are sorted, and so are my disciples. Not shying away from it. I don't live under your jurisdiction. I'm in a different kingdom. My citizenship is in heaven. I shall not pay to corruption. Jesus sat at the temple and observed the people giving their tithe and their offering. He commented on it. When the poor lady gave her last and her only and said what is pleasing to God, it was something she sorted out. Have you sorted out what you are going to contribute to the work of God? The other day, um, somebody asked why um, not a lot of people are putting money in, in the offering boxes when we pass it around. Can I tell you that there's a significant group of people that give towards this church via EFT? Electronic fund transfer. Now we can go through the process of you printing out your slip once you've transferred and putting it in the box, but it's of no purpose. So I want to say Give. EFT saves us a whole lot of cash deposit fee. That in my mind is just wasted. In my mind, the less cash we have to have here, the safer we are. But give, because Jesus did, and he commented on it. Jesus walked on water, guys. I'm not asking you to try it. And when last did you try something 
out of your comfort zone. When last did you step up and say, I'm going to pray for supernatural provision to sort this tax debt of mine out? The next one for me is, is linked. Jesus was resurrected. And Jesus went through the transfiguration. Can you remember that? We went up the mountain and all of a sudden there was this blinding light. And guys departed, came and, and spent some time with him. It was noticeable how he was transformed. When you gave your life to Jesus... Did your family say, who are you? Because certain things should change noticeably. Your speech should improve. For some people, your dress sense should improve. For some people, how you drive should improve. Everybody knew there was something different about Jesus. Are you that covert that you just seem the same? Jesus healed people. Now before you jump on me and say, we cannot heal. I know. I know this. But I know the one that can and when you have accepted Jesus Christ, you have a relationship with the one that can. You can get healed by God, whether you drum up your faith or not, just because he is sovereign and kind and compassionate and can. But when was the last time you stepped out in faith and said, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? You seem to have a bad cough. I'm, I'm rebuking myself on this one completely. Melissa and I went to uh, a coffee shop the other day, and the waitress couldn't lift the, the tray. And in my mind, I thought, I'll pray for her afterwards. But I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe I should just skip it, because what if she gets into trouble? <laughs> Lack of excuse. What if she gets into trouble? It's going to take me five minutes to say, God, not even. God, I ask you for healing in this lady's hand. Please show kindness and mercy to her in Jesus' name. 10 seconds. I could have done it. When was the last time you petitioned the one who can for what seems to can't? That healing that seems so impossible. When was the last time you said, Father, I ask you, as your son, as your daughter, to heal? We all just call Duan, don't we? Last point, I don't quite understand, but I'm, I'm hoping, well, I do understand, I'm, I just don't know if I'm going to present it well, so please hear what I'm saying, what I'm not saying. Jesus cursed the fig tree. I don't want people walking around you saying, I curse you, I curse you. You drive in front of me, I curse you. You don't give, uh, you can smile, I curse you. But when was the last time you dealt with those things that are not producing fruit in him in your life like Jesus did and said you will no longer live because you haven't borne any fruit. 
those little time wasters in your life that just sap all the time you have for Candy Crush. Trolling through Facebook. I also, I mean, even Lainey watches Facebook. Even like Terry has Facebook. I don't know if he has an account, but he checks it, man. We all do. But how much do we do? Deal with it ruthlessly, man. Come on, and women. Please. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. If this burden falls on us only as the leaders and the elders of this church, we will never grow beyond the number that we are and we can never achieve what God has called us to do because it requires participation and diversity. That is my heart this morning, that you will be shocked like people with a bar one and a glass of Coke and think, but I can do some of these things and I can do other things. I haven't thought about this. I'm openly challenging you. Live a life that is worthy to be imitated. And the only life that is ultimately worth imitating is Christ. He was the perfect example of following the design of God and living for the glory of the Father. The last point in wrapping up. Jesus was filled by the Holy Spirit. Went underwater, came up, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And the voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm so well pleased. And then what happens? He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. I know the other time that I I preached, I said that um, when you are tempted, you should fast of it in the moment. And if I made it sound like I was saying that temptation is sin, it's not. It's to fast of that temptation so that you don't step into sin. Led by the Spirit, he was able to deal with temptation. Led by the Spirit, he was able to deal with the affront on his identity on his physical being, on his emotional being that was thrown at him by the enemy. You want to walk in freedom and wholeness, more of the Spirit. Which in essence is more of the Word as well. Has to be in balance. Now this morning, I know there's a couple of prophetic words. And we're going to get the people to deliver them. I believe that there's something of of God's gifting in this congregation that's going to flourish again. If you've got nothing else to pray for this congregation, pray for the Spirit to work and the Word to keep us balanced and grounded. That's what we desire, so that we can make Him known. I'm going to ask those people to come and give prophetic words. And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you, if you do not understand what I say, when I say, have you been filled by the Holy Spirit? Come to the front if you want to know more. We want to explain it to you. In Acts, it's described quite clearly. The guys accepted Jesus, came together, worshipped. And as they worshipped together and cried out to God, there was the sound of a rushing wind, and the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues that some of the people couldn't understand because it was different languages, and a tongue of fire appeared above all their heads. 
And they were empowered by the Spirit and filled by the Spirit. And from there, the church spread again. And that's what we desire. 